I'm Michael Sean Harris, and you're listening to Mike's Moment Of, a weekly podcast in which I, along with my guests, share our various interests in moments of inspiration, truth, life, technology, culture, and more. I hope you're entertained and informed, and that you feel inspired to join me again and again in my Moments Of. This is Mike's moment of improv as mindfulness. And today we're speaking with my good, 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 good friend, <laughs> Neil A. Banks <laughs> oh, and company. Mikey! What's up, baby? Hi, my love. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm so good. I'm so good. Mm-hmm. Boy, so it's a nice highfalutin title. That's like, a, that's like one of those... Um, you is you a master's master's titles. Look, but, you're no, not, kidding. You were not ready for it. You were not ready for it. No, no. But we, all right, so we're talking about improvisation because that's one of the things that you do. Yes. Um, but but it's more than just improv as dance. We're talking mm-hmm. about, imp, you know, being able to be spontaneous and yeah. improvise in your life. And, yeah, yeah. And you know, and being present and stuff. So all right, let's let's get started. Mm-hmm. So our right, improv. Let, let's let's even let's start where it really do from the dance mm-hmm. aspect of it because I mean that's that's something that in company yes is 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 all about I mean that's Completely. basically one of the dances that um one of the, the choreographers that you have and the character that you have this was it Sister Mary Mark what's her, what's her, her name? name is Sister <laughs> Mitzi Margaret Sister Mitzi Margaret Sister Mitzi that's hard to say Sister yes. Mitzi Margaret yeah yeah Sister yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she's a naughty little nun not naughty but she's, she's fun and yes yes she's a little ball of energy just bursting to come out yes yes, yes. she <laughs> she actually um was birthed in um my preparation for my improvisation my dance improvisation exam in I think it oh, might have been like 1997 I believe, yeah, if I can trace back when I was studying at Edelmanley College. And oh, wow. Yeah, um, because you see improv is something that, you know, the principles, principles of it can actually be taught, you know, the idea of how to be very, very present and available to what is in the moment for you as a dancer to be able to use spontaneously to create art. That can be taught. Um, some people have the natural knack for it, but we have a class that deals with that, kind of like mindful body creativity and what happened was I was trying to work with a concept that you know nobody else was working with in my class I thought okay we're given the task of using props and I said okay I'm gonna use I'm gonna use clothes okay so I'm using clothes and at first it was a towel it was about you know some random girl trying to get ready in the morning okay that was really me but anyway and Mm. all the various things you could do with the towel so you make the towel become a cape you make the towel become Mm. you know a robe you make the towel become a matador's you know um cloth and and then you start to say okay 
yeah, but she's just kind of random running around the place. Something is missing. Something is missing. And then I said, maybe not a towel. Let me try some other clothes. So I had a skirt, you know, dig up my little costume thing and found other things. And I said, okay, this might be it. And literally the night before, because we had to keep presenting what we were working on for a couple of weeks before the exam. Mikey, the night before the exam, it's like a light just comes out to me. Oof. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. Oh, it's going to be so funny. I don't think I've ever been so excited to go into an exam before because it's like I wanted to see what people would say. You know, that's 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 the brilliance of the kind of spontaneity as well because I never really planned out the end. I just knew what I wanted to do. And I figured that people would respond to it in a certain kind of way. I set up a structure. It's what you call structured improv or like you use a score so within the okay. music i knew where i needed to be and when i needed to pick up what part of clothes and so on and so forth and i had run through a couple of possibilities so that if any of the those possibilities came to me during the time of the performance i could just easily draw on one if i knew one okay. came i would know my skirt well enough i'd know the music well enough i know my body well enough and even maybe be able to read my audience well enough to do a little turn of of phrase or something that was true to that particular moment. So there's a, there's some element of kind of structuredness to it. You know, what comes after, what comes after what, we don't know exactly what physical movement you might be doing to get there. I mean, long story short, I think I got an A. I think so. Okay. Because wow. people found it hilarious because the end was a surprise right. ending. And I was able to bring that back again and again and again and again. It's only like four minutes long, but it's right. interesting because I've tried it in front of different crowds of people and every single time it works. And it came out of improv. I, I actually, after improving it for a couple of times, I set it because I was able to look on video and feel what works best. But there still is somewhere in there that I have to leave for the moment to speak. Right, to me. Right. Just, just not, not enough to change the narrative or, you know, the, the, the big finish. But at the very least, just give me a little bit of surprise. I can play with the audience a little bit longer here. I can play with the music a little bit longer here. And, it, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it, it was really amazing to see that almost, I think it was about, yeah, 10 years later. I was <laughs> able, 20 years later, what am I saying? Because it was, yeah, 20 years later, I was able wow. to bring it back at Jamaica Dance Umbrella and still the same yes. reaction out of the moment, out, out, so, so somehow the, the, the spirit that it was created in, which was out of the moment, you know, out of the spontaneity of the moment, could resonate 20 years later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Every iteration of it that you've done, and I've, I've, you've done like other parts of it as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I love them all. So how do you really break down the preparation for this. I mean, because you have the you have the, the props, you have you, you know the clothes mm -hmm. and and things that you're working with. Are, are you experimenting with you know how it moves, how it flows, how Definitely. it stretches? Definitely. You know, it, it you see it's 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 all about play, um, and we have to learn a lot from children. Actually, their play is their mm. work. If improv is your specialty, particularly, I mean, even if, if you are a jazz improviser, if you are a right. dramatic improviser, you know, if you improvise with your paints on your canvas, you have to be willing to play. And the, and the play has to be um, so exciting to you that it's not even so much about the outcome. It's about the process, it's about what you discover. So what I had to do, and I mean, continue to have to do whenever it is I'm going to improvise something physically. I play with, with, with the tools I play with the props and see what the possibilities are. I mm. play with the body. Um, 
I play with even the concept sometimes and sometimes how the concept originally comes to me, I play with so much that I can just toss it away and another one comes up. So I can't hold too long and too hard and fast to anything, but there are rules of play, you know, um, if I'm, if yeah, if I'm working with the fabric, you know, I'm not going to want to try to do the same thing or, or let's say a piece of cloth then, or um, a piece of clothes, I should say, I'm not going to try to make it move like I've seen it move before. I'm not okay. going to try to um, do what somebody else has done with it. I'm going to actually go into the warp and weft of the fabric that makes those clothes. You understand? And I'm going to try to mm-hmm. almost embody it, become one with it, allow it to speak to me. So, so, so that kind of place, almost you get into this childlike state where, you know, how children um, animate everything. Yes. So everything has a voice, you know, the toy over there has a voice and then that wooden block right, also right. has a voice and a name. You have to become like that child so you can see what it is that the prop or the music is offering to you. You're not putting your own consciousness on it. You're almost jumping into it. And I mean, you know, right. improvising with it could even mean improvising as it. So I may put the cloth down but move like the cloth, you know, in different sorts right, of ways. Okay. Right, so it's... It's all, it's, it's really about structured play, um, low mm-hmm. stakes kind of play. If you go in to a rehearsal or a creation process with, with the idea that you want already, then you are giving yourself too much pressure. Mm-hmm. So you have to allow yourself to really be okay. silly. You have to allow yourself to be stupid in front of yourself. You know, you're not doing any editing at this point in time. You're definitely not, definitely not doing any judgment on yourself. You're just really literally playing to right, see what okay. you can find. And I do that with, I think, with anything that I have to improvise. So whether, you know, props are involved or not. Um, sometimes I r- just roll a concept in my mind. So my play is mental play. And I'm rolling right. it and rolling it and realizing, okay, it may not work that way. No, that's not going to work that way. Until I actually come up with some sort of structure that I can take into, loose structure, that I can take into the physical, into a studio, and then continue mm-hmm. to play with it and find what is actually there. Yeah. The, the thing, though, with, with, with Sister Mitzi Margaret is that it's dance, but it's also dramatic because yes. you've you've taken on this character of a nun which comes with its own set of rules as well mm-hmm. so there's the rules of the props that you're using but it's also the, the rules of the character yes. and because you know most people are aware of those rules then you can bend them you can break them you can twist them mm-hmm. and you can you can play with what's expected of a nun and what's not expected mm-hmm. uh, you know so that's um, that brings a lot of comedy and that's why you know in that in in your execution of this of this improv with this character and you know and the props that you've given her you elicit a lot of laughter as well yes from and, your audience and and i enjoy it because it is you know okay so when my mother saw it she said mm, that's what all the catholic education did to you um right i did and, and before that stella maris you know so it's wow, it, yeah, yeah, yeah so it's almost like you know am i taking jobs no i have actually always wondered about the humanity underneath the office you know, ah, underneath, okay. behind the yeah. bows. I have, you know, we had <laughs> we had some very strict disciplinarians. We had some some nuns who seemed just very miserable, generally speaking, and we had some <laughs> who were really funny, really okay. hilarious. You know, and so as 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 I've been doing the work, that particular work with Mitzi Margaret and interrogating Mitzi Margaret's character, as you say, there are all of these kinds of possibilities um that make her so layered and interesting you know suppose she really is just this hilarious quirky person who 
found themselves in this very serious space. Where is the mirth? Does that mirth have to die? Suppose she's really a little bit subversive on the inside, you know, how does that Mm -hmm. come out? And so it's been a joy to actually play with that over the past 20 years. I learned, (laughs) I learned something more about her every time I go on the stage and other, and people react to her in a certain way. Sometimes people laugh at a place that I don't expect them to, you know, and then maybe the next time I do it, I play on that and see if this particular audience will laugh in the same way. But, but it, it was, it's interesting to figure out how far I can go because, right. you know, it bucks religion a little bit. And as you say, expectations of a particular kind of character. So, you know, does she go too far? Is that going to be considered obscene or is that just get playfully flirt? Like, you know, how far? And I've been testing it. Um, and I, I will continue to test mm-hmm. it for as long as I can play her. I've actually taught it to other people, you know. Oh, yes. yes have I have. And, they, and they've done very well also. So it's, it's been good to see it replicated or not not replicated manifested because everybody brings their their certain flavor to the characters um but at the end of the day there's nothing like doing it myself playing her myself well i have a suggestion for you and you can take it or leave it but it's a it's a youtube series called the life and times of sister mitzi margaret and it's every episode will be a different exploration for you or for someone else uh, because you can also include other people in the convent or in, the, you know, whatever. So you might feature other other characters with different dancers, different, you know. Um, so just a suggestion. I am ready. Give I it. take it. I take it. We'll work on it. It <laughs> is done. Excellent. It is being done. This is the time. This is yeah, the time. Good. This is the time. It's always interesting to see what can come out of a moment of spontaneity. But the thing about it is there is a difference between like spontaneity that can lead to something like uh, productive and then the kind of spontaneity mm-hmm. that maybe just like a throwaway spontaneity because interestingly people assume that improvisation is for beginners, right? So if you don't really know what you do, just put on some music and run around the place or, you know, so with vague sort of suggestions and instructions well, that, like that. That's so strange though, because like for, I mean, in, in music, some of the, the biggest artists, the, the most advanced players are the ones who improvise. Exactly. And, and, and do, it, do it the best. So that's, that's the, what I wanted to mention in the fact that in, in other um, art forms, it's really the expert who understands their own body enough and the other kind right. of tools of dance and the elements of dance enough to be able to play. Because when you, do, mm. when you don't have a physical vocabulary that you know of, when you're not as aware of you know, every sinew, every muscle, every tendon, um, your strengths and your weaknesses, you can, you can play. Of course you can play. But what will come out of that play and that process may not be as usable, maybe, for something like choreography or as repeatable if you're looking for to build a kind of career and a body of work, you know. Right. Um, you, you, have to, you have to really know, you have to know your body, how it moves, um, what, what kinds of things can happen. Even though sometimes in improvisation, you know, because spirit is also a part of it, sometimes in improvisation your body does something that you've never done before. Right. And we come from a, a Jamaican tradition where um, improvisation is a big part of the dance movement that we do in our cultural True. forms. And mm-hmm. so how you play with what is a structured thing, sometimes you don't, you can't, you don't think about it, your body just moves. And when, you, when somebody tells you what you did the next day, you say, really, I never know I could do that. And mm-hmm. you try to do it in a more conscious state and you can't. So there's that aspect also of the improv. But certainly, you, in dance improvisation, it is 
it's a it's a good thing if it is a person who is aware of how their body is moving through space, how the body is cutting through space and time, how they can play with that, because what what you get out of it is often quite is quite rich, you know, as opposed to somebody just sort of like you know what I call faffing about the place, la la la, right. you know, right. yeah. But it seems that what could be of benefit as well to someone who is doing improvisation is to have a certain body of knowledge, maybe, mm. um, and to be able to analyze what they have done mm. and, and, and kind of break it apart and go, okay, this is what I did and this is the effect it had. Yeah. And if I want to repeat something like this, you know, I mean, this is what, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Especially, if you, as you said, if you're building this body of work, it's not just of doing random things and, and not having any idea of what you just did or right. what happened. And then it's kind of, as you said, throw it, you, it's a throwaway because you, 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 can't, you can't write this down or you can't record it somehow. You can't, you can't break it down and analyze it and, and see how it works in a series of things that you did in this improv um, and take it apart and say, okay, it, it works here, but it didn't work there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and it's interesting that you say body of knowledge, having a body of knowledge, because your body is knowledge. So even, right. so even for example, I'm thinking particularly of like dance hall. Now, dance hall is where improvisation and variations on themes and variations and variations of on themes is just so prolific. I mean, somebody right. comes in and somebody has an idea, a physical idea about responding to a piece of music in a certain way. And before you know it, there are 10 other versions of that. You know what I mean? And these mm-hmm. are bodies of knowledge too. So in a right. way, in a way, their play space and their lab space is actual dance itself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So so and then they would be as natural improvisers able to figure out what works and what doesn't work. You know, what mm-hmm. works along with this rhythm, what gets a good forward from the deed from the selector as well as from the dancers around me, what doesn't. You know, so it, it's it's an interesting idea about what knowledge is. So mm-hmm. what, what are you coming with? Because you don't necessarily have had to study dance to have a right. good knowledge of your body. You know what I mean? True. You don't have had to, to have studied ballet or even yoga, a physical discipline like that, to have a sense of your body in space and time. Bodies of knowledge exist around all, uh, everywhere. But it seems that to even consider that, you know, your, your, that really comes from awareness. It comes yes. from your, your awareness of self, exactly. awareness of your, exactly. yourself in a space, mm-hmm. um, you know, awareness of, of, of how, how your body is speaking to you and mm-hmm. how, you know, how you are reacting to what your body did, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Again, it's, it's more than just an artistic experience. Yes. I mean, because, I mean, we were talking before, we were talking about, about mindfulness and about being present and that's really what it is mm-hmm. it's you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's being present in this moment in this space and and making a decision based on what i just did and then what i just did and then what i just did mm-hmm. and then what i just did and not thinking too far ahead and not getting stuck in what you did um two minutes before exactly uh, <laughs> and, i mean that's a life skill that's a life skill that in, in, yeah, in these times more than in any other times when the ground seems so shaky you know, mm. improvisation is a life skill. We improvise every day when you think about it. You get up in the morning. Some people don't get up on the same side of the bed. You know you have to get up, but you can get up in a million and one ways, right? right. Um, some people decide to do, you know, drink some water before they brush their teeth, and then maybe one day they decide to do it in a different way. That's mm-hmm. a, that's, that is an element of improv where you're making a spontaneous choice. You're aware of yourself. You know your options. You're making a spontaneous choice in terms of what you're going to do with your body. And you can decide whether or not that works for the next day, you know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. 
So we're always making these kinds of, because improv really is about the choices. It's your awareness of the choices that you can make, you know, and how you pivot if you make a choice that's not such a skillful one. That's one of the things that when I'm teaching it too, it's always interesting to, to remind people, don't panic. When you make a mistake or when you see people rushing to you or you think you've done something that doesn't work for the improvisation, the first rule, don't panic. Right. Yeah. I mean, then this is, again, another life skill. You can't judge yourself in the moment for the decision nope. you made. Not at all. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, sure, you might have had a plan mm-hmm. um, and, and then something comes along and you have to to make a, a different plan. That's you have to right. detour from that plan, That's you know. Right. But you you can't get hung up on oh but I had this plan and no. <laughs> yeah but you can't do that plan anymore because something else just came came mm-hmm. ahead and you have to make another decision and you know so, what what you often find too and it, I, I really I haven't taught it in a while I really do miss teaching it because you see people blossom in front of your eyes in terms of just how how aware of their own awareness they become um, mm-hmm. and people move into a space where they allow stillness they allow silence they allow failure. And I keep the improvisation going. Somebody makes a mistake and you keep it going because you see beyond that mistake that was made is it's, it's like a fertile ground for opportunity for a million and one things to happen. But if you stay stuck in the moment of, of cursing yourself or being upset at the person who didn't work according to your plan, then you will never mm. be able to see the possibilities, the yes, and then what? Yes, and then just say yes to the moment. Drama, drama improvisers always speak about yes and Yes, and as opposed to saying no, as opposed to stopping what somebody is offering to you in the moment. The mistake is an offering. And in music, sometimes a mistake is a, is a stepping stone to the next thing. You know, you it's, 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 it isn't really a mistake. It's like, okay, this is the movement to something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the space, the spaces are important. The pauses are important. Mm-hmm. Music is not just notes. It's silence as well. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dance is stillness and dance is movement. You right. know, um, sometimes dance is also sound. True. You know, um, and out of sound, in sound, you also need silence. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's such a, improvisation is such a life lesson for me. And I think it's the way that I probably move through all of my life, much to the distress of some people who I <laughs> may interact really? with. Tell me, tell me, tell me, what, tell me what, what do you mean? Just, just meaning in terms of I am agile. My mind okay. is agile. So if I am given um, a particular thing that needs to be done, I can find a number of ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people may only want one, you know. Um, right. So we may not agree on that, for example. Or I'm very, f- I'm agile and I'm very flexible with time. I think okay. I think in a previous life I could bend time or something. So I think <laughs> in this dimension I can bend it. Um, right. So to some people it may seem like I'm just always late. But what I'm always trying to do is to bend time. I'm always trying mm-hmm. to kind of do more things in time, which may, which in and of itself is an improv kind of exercise. You know what I mean? Like how many things can you get done in these 60 seconds before? Ta, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you miss a couple of appointments. But... Um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's the way I think I have approached life and living. I mean, there are certain kind of things, for example, don't get me wrong, because improv is not anything goes, well, not in the, in the way I know it. So, right. as I said before, you have what is called a score. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are improvising with a number of people, then that score is very, very important because that score is your agreement um, 
with each other. Before that, we used to just call it structured improv. And a friend of mine, Safi Harriot, who had studied in mm-hmm. the States, you know, came back with that actual language because in their, in their improvisation environment, they call it a score. So I've started to call it a score. Well, I started a while back to call it a score. But the score gives you okay. kind of like the game plan, you know, so you know that you may work, be working with these kinds of understandings. We're going to use ed- entrances and exits. It's, 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 a, it's a loose agreement, so it's like a, it's just a set of of agreements, basically. It's not like uh, it's not like notation. No, it's, it's not. not like no, no, okay. no, it's not like notation. So it's a, it's it's um a set of agreements that you deal with before you go into the space. It's like a setup of a task. So you're allowing yourself because it's within those boundaries that you find the freedom. You know, if you didn't have those kind of strictures and boundaries, you wouldn't know where to start. You wouldn't know what to do. That's actually why a lot of dancers are afraid of improvisation because they feel like they're gonna get stuck in the brain because they don't know what to do. But if you have a setup of things giving you that kind of perimeter you know then you have a, you have space within which to build you have options um people always say you know we need to move out of the box you're always going to have a box what we had what we true what we do in improvisation is actually stretch that box and manipulate it and change the shape of it so that you know we are all on the same understanding so that things things can flow seamlessly and we can trust one another and that's why sometimes when really connected people with a score do improvisation people think it's choreography right you know because we are so in tune to the moment and to each other which takes training by the way it's not as easy as people think to get everybody in one accord um (laughs) but it's possible you know, and it's and I will say to you that it is beautiful. Every time somebody improvises or groups improvise and they use this particular kind of score, and especially when I said no choreography, they are so lifted at the end of it. Even if it wasn't as successful as they thought, they're still lifted because there are other things besides the product. There is the actual energetic connection with each other. There is a trusting of people. There's a trusting of a moment. There's a trusting of silence. It's really, 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 really hard for people to trust silence, you know, and trust stillness because we are so forced to keep moving. And so because in this in this context, let's say I put silence or stillness in the score, they know they must be still. And right. they get a chance to experience that and to trust each other moving through that score. And they come up on the other side lighter, fresher, more revived. Let's pivot this into, all right, what's going on now? We're all in quarantine. Yes, and so people have have had to be at home and some people can't stand it. Some people, yeah. you know, some people are thriving like I am because uh, I love it. Um, and this is something I've always been doing. So mm-hmm. some people can't stand it. And I mean, that comes back to, you know, I, I can't, I, I, I don't know how to be in the space with myself, by myself, or to be in silence. Yeah. I mean, some people have, have, have taken to, you know, attending DJ parties on Instagram and mm-hmm. I've done that, Which I um, you know, pretty nice. you know, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's nice, mm-hmm. um, and but but it's also good. I think sometimes to just turn off everything and just sit. Yeah, it's a hard thing to do, you know. Um, it's a hard thing to. That's one of the things I like yoga for, because mm-hmm. yoga allows you to mind your body, right, and to also body your mind. Ooh, mm, what do you mean by that? I mean, I mean. I don't, and company doesn't, um, some of my colleagues and I don't, see the body and mind as two separate things, right? Okay. Um, Yoga practitioners, somatic practitioners recognize that 
your body and your mind are not just connected. Your body and your mind are the same thing. I like to think of your, every cell in my body being a part of my mind. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? My body is a thinking thing. Safi Harriet said that as well. Um, there are books called The Thinking Body also. So this idea of you being one organism or one process, as Emily Conrad said, your body is a process. You know, it's not a finite thing. It's not a machine. There's mm-hmm. always this kind of flow of information between the body and the mind. I'm talking as if they're two different things, but they're one thing. And, right. and, and so we haven't necessarily been taught that as a, as, a, as a country, you know. I mean, dance is not even in the schools, in the curriculum. So we are already cut, a, cut, cut off from the intelligent possibilities of your body. Um, mm-hmm. we, are, we are taught to hate the physical. We are taught to castigate ourselves for physical impulses and desires. We are taught that anything doing, dealing with the brain and thought um, is higher order and everything dealing with the body is lower order. And so now I can imagine that when we are in spaces where all we have is our walls or objects or devices and our bodies, it can become very uncomfortable, particularly if you have not, if you don't have, uh, if you haven't experienced that connection between mind and body yoga, which is where I started this, the ramblings. Um, <laughs> yoga is union. And I think in Sanskrit, it means union. And so it really is about unifying that false dichotomy between your body and your mind. So in as much as people think that yoga is about like flexibility and the splits and the ray and the tape, or on the other side of it is stillness and only the meditation. That's only mm. part of it. It's really okay. about achieving that kind of, of, Unity, the, the exercises, the asanas are supposed to help you to breathe through even the most difficult things, the most difficult postures. It's not just to show off on an Instagram at all. It is really, <laughs> it's really to be able to prepare yourself for moments when you need to be able to sit with yourself. You know, so and 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 dance can do that. Sometimes dance doesn't do that because dance has inherited and is changing its own sets of aesthetics and ideas about body, which have been very, very, very detrimental for a lot of young creative people. Oh, how so? Because because it has pitted one kind of body type against another, whether racially or in terms of size or in terms of just just. Oh, you mean like like ballet versus folk? Right. Yes, or, or even within ballet. You know, oh, kinds of the okay. kinds of bodies that are expected to be able to deal with ballet and those that can't. I mean, you know, nowadays we are seeing so many more um, prolific African American and diaspora ballerinas of color, you right. know, and, and and male ballet dancers, principal dancers of color. It is beautiful to see, but best believe it has been a hard fight. Only recently did people start to um, have dark-toned ballet shoes and point shoes and dark-toned ballet tights and and, right. and and so on for dancers of color. And, you know, people even took it into a racialized sort of false scientific thing to say that black bodies are not made for ballet. You know, so it's the, the, the body discussion in relation to mm-hmm. dance becomes a little bit more difficult because the way dance has progressed as an industry you know, has also sought to separate you from your mind 
or start to see your body as a product, to see your body as a machine and not as a process, as not, not as organic. Um, yes, you, you feel you, you deal with your body intelligence for sure, but your intelligence right. is almost cut off from, um, I, I don't know, the, the, the spirit of intelligence then. You know, it's really just like the body as an intelligent thing to be able to do this work as opposed to the body as an intelligent thing to be able to feel and grow and evolve and get a new shape. You understand? That's more along the lines of yoga and somatic kinds of practices, okay. um, which I'm really glad to see are more and more prolific. You know, they're, they're, they're really spreading in terms of people's ideas about mindfulness and about the, you know, body positivity. Mm-hmm. Very, very mm-hmm. important now in this time. So with all of that said, and not necessarily in the general consciousness, I can imagine that some people are just going, you know, nuts because this is a perfect opportunity for those people who are very yin, which is very kind of like sit back and receive like me (laughs) and or introverted, if you want to call it that. It's a nice opportunity to continue or to even practice, practice more pausing, more resting. Um, I follow a couple uh, Instagram Instagram accounts, particularly the NAP ministry that speaks about, you know, rest as reclamation of, of self, rest as rebellion, rest again, you know, it's a rebellion against this idea of capitalist productivity. And now, if you have the privilege enough to not have to go and hustle or be on the front lines, you are able to take a pause. I'm concerned right. for the people who are on the front lines, the people who are not able to, to, they don't have no savings at Mafagot and work every single day or some money to make because then there's, there's still no opportunity for them to be able to rest, pause, connect them body and mind. And there's also the essential services, quote essential, unquote. Yeah, people frontline's essential who, services. Who, who are just expected to be, to be out there and, and are pressured, you know, yeah. even more yeah. so now than ever before. You know, you know what's in, what's interesting though is like, and I and I don't want to take the kind of arty standpoint about body mind um, alone because everybody has that kind of, especially if you're in a physical sort of discipline, that body mind connection that does connect that just clicks when you're in flow, right? You're in that state of flow where you are zoned into. So athletes have it. All kinds of artists have it. I'm assuming right. people who are involved in these frontline essential services also have it where there is a there's a point in time when your mind and your body are just one thing and you're in the flow of what it is you're doing. Maybe a surgeon, you know, maybe an RN who is sorting through things going on in front, who's be mm-hmm. who's able to who's able to find pause in the chaos enough to give the right kinds of instructions. You know what I mean? So I don't even mm-hmm. want, I don't want to take, and I mean, that's an improv moment as well. I don't want to just keep this idea of, of minding the body and bodying the mind within the context of the arts. This is a life skill that some of our very professionals out there don't even know that they have, you know, the people them don't occur, them have it. The people, mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. who are, who are able to, navigate through those days that takes flow you know what i mean to come out on the other side breathing that takes flow so i think i think it's there as well for sure it's interesting though i mean since since i've been on this quarantine thing mm-hmm. and it's it's really strange because i i, I remember when i was when it, before this you know i was finding it so hard to get some of the stuff done that i'd want to get done right and then since i've been on quarantine it's almost like i've given myself 
a structure and it wasn't something intentional really mm-hmm. i gave myself a structure okay i i, I have this opportunity i want to get these things done yeah and even though i don't have a timetable or i don't have a schedule i'm doing what i can and i'm resting when i when when i feel i just need to rest mm-hmm. uh, but i'm kind of disciplining my days that i in, in that i get up and i have you know breakfast i mm-hmm. even do a little exercise or whatever uh, and then I, st- I get to my workstation that I have at home and I'm creating. I mean, yeah. it's creative work still, but I'm creating. But I don't, I generally don't do like a weekend thing where I say, oh, it's a weekend, I have a break, let me just turn on Netflix or, you know. Right, and right. Be, I kind of end up, you know, it, maybe if I'm having lunch or something, I'll turn on a, 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 a series and watch something and then stop it and go back to work. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not until like, you know, when I, when I go, okay, I'm, I think I've done enough. And, you know, six, six o'clock, and it feels like I'm working even longer hours. Uh-huh. Six, seven o'clock, I was like, okay, I've done enough. And then I, I take the break for the rest of the night and say, okay, let me, let me watch a, f- a few series or whatever. Right, right. And it's been really kind of refreshing. And it, the variety of things that I'm doing uh-huh. has been refreshing, but also the moments where I go, uh, I want to stop now, yeah. you know, even if it's for half an hour. And I stop and I might not turn on anything. I might just rest my head or lie back or something. I, I, maybe not sleep, but mm-hmm. lie back and just listen to myself breathe. Yeah. And it's not a structured thing, but <laughs> it love, feels good. I love that. I love that. Listen to yourself breathe. I mean, you know, it's, it, and oh boy, one of the best ways to mind your body is to mind your breath. Mm. It's to really literally pay attention to that breath, not even to try to control it, just to pay attention to it, just to listen to it, you know, just to allow it to relax so that it goes into your belly and not just in, in, in the chest where it stays when people are in a fair sort of state. Right. Uh, wh- what I was noticing, though, is that you're you're describing to me your score, Mikey. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, so so here we are, right? We've been, we're, we are faced with uncertainty right. and... Out of this uncertainty, you have created a score which gives you the freedom to do things and not do things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and for a number of us, our scores are created for us. So, you know, because we have to get to work at a certain time and we get we get up at a certain time, then there are particular things that we do for the sake of time in the same way right. every single time. And, you know, further the routes that we take to work, you know, how we walk into the building. This is a, mm-hmm. pre, a, a sort of predetermined score. Yes, we have made choices because we, we, you know, make choices along the way. But by and large, it, it remains the same. When you pull that from a lot of people to say, okay, you can't go out anymore. Some people are really at a loss as to what to do with their time. Yeah. You know, not realizing that the freedom could exist for them now because once again, they have the privilege of being able to work from home. They're not getting mm-hmm. laid off. And they don't have to go out and hustle every day to earn because that's a reality. They they are not necessarily so sure what to do. But you know, interestingly as well, there is a school of thought that says because I see a meme going around that if you don't if you haven't started a business or you know, gotten some new knowledge or a new right. skill during this quarantine time, you don't have any discipline. And I don't agree with it because... I don't I don't agree. Yeah. I've seen that meme and, I, and, and it offends me a bit. Because, right. and, I, I, and I understand too because it, it assumes that we all have the same entry point in this particular right. situation. We don't. It's a very... And more and more you're seeing how, how 
privilege and access it impacts how people can respond to and in this sort of situation so true so, true. so it's, but you know so if people because it is traumatic it's traumatic worldwide no matter what the reasons are no matter what they what is behind what and who is behind what the truth is the grinding to the halt of the world has been traumatic to many people on a number of different levels and that kind of trauma sometimes needs to be acknowledged. So even before, some people are able to go into creating a score and making some sense of their days and allowing right. the rhythm, finding, I like to say finding the rhythm because everything is, is like that for me, dance and music, right? So finding True. the rhythm in the days and recognizing when the rhythm of one day cannot be the next rhythm of the other day because, yeah. you know, different, you know, factors come into play. But some people just need to cry. Some people need to just, just, just lie down in bed for three days if they're able to because... They, they can't shut the brain off or... or yeah, it's an adjustment. Things. It's a huge adjustment it's for a, a lot of people. It's a huge adjustment. But what I would say is if, if at any point in time they feel that they're able to and this, the life allows them the space to, they can create a very simple sort of... I don't want to say schedule, just a simple sort of score. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, is that score going to be... I'm going to make sure when I get up in the morning that I'll show up. Because the truth is, you know, when when these kind of situations come and you end up at home a lot of times, night becomes day, day becomes night. You're working right. and you're at home. It's all one space. You don't right. delineate. And because you don't delineate, you feel fuzzy. Once you start to create a score, you say, okay, I'm going to make sure that, I sh- that I'm up by 10 o'clock. I mean, if you have right. that luxury, right? And when I get up, mm-hmm. I'm going to stretch a little bit. Or maybe I won't stretch, but I'm going to just take some time. I won't jump up. And then maybe I will make sure I shower before twelve. So it's not like I'm going to shower at eleven thirty. Right, 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 right. I'm going to take a. I'm going to cleanse myself with some water before twelve o'clock. I'm going to make sure I go out into the sun sometime in the afternoon. So it's a loose sort of right. thing, maybe made up of the kinds of things that you know ground you, make you feel um, connected somehow. Right, so, right. So that we don't end up just dropping into a social media loop, or you know, kind of, and it's not even about being productive. It's just about kind of trying to find rhythm and balance again, because we're Mm -hmm. all on this shifting ground. And that's part of the reason that, Mm -hmm. I mean, that that I think I, I, I I guess in the beginning, unconsciously started to create this structure. I mean, I remember when, when they said, you know, you have to quarantine, I traveled and I came back and I, I, and my sister advised and I did it as well. I self quarantined for for 14 days. Mm. And and as I did it, I mean, as the as the, the first day of the the, the fourteen came, mm. I was like, you know what? I mean, my favorite thing to do in the morning before I leave is shower because it just it resets everything for me. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm gonna have to make sure I'm I'm just gonna shower every day and put on clean fresh clothes <laughs> every day because some people don't, you know. Yeah. And I, but it, it it makes me feel, and I, because I, I had an intention as well of mm. of getting some stuff done and mm-hmm. and. And I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm ready to to do stuff unless I've done that reset. Got you. You know what I mean? So that's what I did, yeah. I, and, and I started doing that. And then I I said, but you know what? Um, I'm not moving around as much as I used to. Mm. Um, and for somebody like me, that's not good. So yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so I said, all right. Uh, so I have this, you know, I have this echo thing, and so I mean, Alexa became a an assistant. <laughs> I mean, I have Siri on the phone and she's an assistant, but Alexa became the party assistant. Uh-huh. So Alexa would, I would say, play, you know, music from the 80s or whatever. And so as I got up, like even before that, I turned on the light or, you know, open a window 
um, I would just yell to Alex or play this or whatever. And I get up and I start dancing You're in the dark. Out. Yes. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, for 20 minutes or whatever. Oh, and okay. then it's right, time to shower, time to have breakfast yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, but, but then we have, you know, we, we both have students and, yeah. and I have some, apart from students, I have some people who are, you know, on, on social media who I don't necessarily know personally, but it's almost as if they're mentees in a way. Mm-hmm. And so the students are out of sorts. A lot of them are out of sorts mm-hmm. because they're not, their their schedule went to, to hell. Yep. You know, their their thing of where they'd see each other and you know be able to to hang out and that kind of stuff. Just, mm-hmm. just you know, it was gone. Mm-hmm. So so I, I had them in WhatsApp groups and yes. you know I, I'd say okay, you try and get some work done, but you know it's, you have to adjust. So if you need to sit down or go outside and stare at the wall or whatever, do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and if you need, send me a message. Right. <laughs> send me yeah. a message, send me a voice note, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. And just just before we started recording this, there's another uh, guy on on Instagram who was, uh, was like, how has it been going? And he's like, well, um, I tried doing this and this and this, but nothing worked. <laughs> and, yeah. like, and I told him the stuff I'd been doing. I says, wow, I'm really jealous of you. I said, no, but don't be jealous of me. I mean, just try and strike a balance. And if you need to, if you need to, to relax relax that's it you know i said it's not it's not rocket science and it's not life and death nobody's gonna die because you didn't produce all these things right it's yeah the grind is gone yeah. Yeah. ah here 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 is another little tidbit an incomplete tidbit haha you re- <laughs> release the grind or release the grinding and get to grounding mm-hmm. ah you know that's what nice. I mean? release the grinding and get to grounding it's hard to release the grinding because we are so tied up with this idea of productivity equaling worth and value and I mean, yes. you know, it, it, it probably goes beyond the days of enslavement, but I'm sure that is a huge impact on our, um, our psyche. And of course, all of that is in our DNA in terms of this mm-hmm. idea that you are only worthy and valuable of existing and existing well if you are overworking Right. And grinding and grinding and hustling and hustling. I'm not saying people must not be entrepreneurial and ambitious. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that people must not be achievement oriented, which is very important. But when that takes over your own sense of self, when that is, is you know, you're doing that at the exclusion of other things, including health and that sort of stuff, you need to ground mm-hmm. yourself. And because the world has grown to a particular kind of heart that nobody thought would have been possible, if you can, it's scary, but it's a good time to really sort of take note and, and, and find practices that help to ground you. I mean, every time I talk about grounding, you know, grounding yourself, you know, people look at you kind of funny because it sounds all like, oh, airy-fairy. But the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is, you know, we, we all need to be grounded. We all need to be, if not, we're flying all over the place. Right. We're here and there like leaves in the wind. Yeah. And there's different ways of, of finding that grounding. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it could be by yourself because some people can do that. Mm-hmm. A few days ago, you know, some friends, uh, you, you know, the Mej and Nyanda and, mm-hmm. and Carl yeah. and a couple other people said, okay, let's have a, a, a Zoom hangout, get your wine and let's meet at 6.30. Nice. And yes. we did. Yeah. And we were online, we were playing music for each other and talking about different things yeah. for... You know, like two hours or something. Yeah. Your friend groups can ground you, your family can ground you. Um I am in isolation with my my parents, which right. is is actually pretty good because I don't know how I would deal with it in total isolation if I was living by myself once again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um because you get you get a sense of resonance because somebody else hears what you have to say. 
Um, and as you say, we have technology that can connect you to some of the more, more, most grounding people across the world. I mean, what's happening to know if you have the benefit of being able to access technology on the internet and you have the time, there are a lot of people offering good grounding practices through, mm-hmm. through, through teleconferencing apps. So, you know, there's Nikisha Breeze was offering a class. She's, I think she's on Instagram as Nikisha Breeze in resilience movement and breath for resilience. Oh, wow. um, mm-hmm. There are a number of people, including True Self Center right here in Jamaica, that's offering online yoga classes, different kinds of, of yoga, different forms of yoga. Um, yoga Angels is also offering, also offering a similar thing. So there's a way in which opportunities to ground yourself can come through the same sort of communication portal that you would be using for work. You know, right. some people go into, I mean, one of the best ways to ground yourself, honestly, is as you say, to listen to your breath, to pay attention to your breath, mm-hmm. to deep, for even 10 slow breaths deep into your belly, not into your chest. That helps to actually remind you of who you are. It takes you out of your head right back into your body again because the head will just roll around with, with thoughts of worry. So that's mm-hmm. one of the most, the most primal things anybody can do to get themselves back into a space of of calm when they feel like their head arise. You know what I mean? But certain right. people, I mean... Interesting. And pets. And pet, oh, pets are the most wonderful and givers. Pets. They grow. I'm so I'm 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 quarantined. My father is here and I am here, mm-hmm. and and we're both kind of introverts. Like you know, I'm I'm in my area and he's usually in, in his area. And most of the stages are everything all right? Yeah, man, everything's good. <laughs> and, and that you know, and that's it. And we, and we know that we're cool. Mm-hmm. But he he has. Well, I, I'm saying he, but it's really the two of us. We have this this stray dog who's no longer a stray, but the dog doesn't have a name. He calls the dog dog. Uh, and um, a dog, dog name dog. Yeah, but you know, we we buy food for her, and I have treats. I you know I, I have a treat every morning. I go down and she meets me at the door, and she comes for it. So so some of the some of the grounding sometimes when I'm okay, I'm, I've been in this you know little room working on creative stuff by myself for long enough, and let me go outside get some fresh air, and I you know bring a treat for the dog for dog, mm-hmm. and she comes and takes it, and then she comes back and I pet her, and you know she rolls over and I rub her her, her belly and stuff. But that's grounding too, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know because you're you're you you kind of not thinking about you're, you're thinking about this pet now. You're you're you've shifted your focus to something else, right, right, you know, and energetically, I mean, pets are given. Yes. You know, they will they will balance your energy out, especially if you have a loving relationship with them. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. in, in all of this, honestly, I'm concerned about people who, especially because we're in like a curfew sort of situation, and right. movement is even more restricted. There are people who don't even have the benefit of having an isolated space. You know, how does somebody in a tenement yard situation or a family yard situation, a yard where right. they really have anything more than maybe the, the wall, them, the small right. wall, them, yeah. how does somebody find the space and time and even interest in grounding? Sure. Because for them, sure. what grounds them is being able to be on the road, sit them bridging, play some domino, buy a Guinness. Right. That, that, that gives them their sense of, because grounding is really a sense of yourself, you know. And that's what gives them their sense of self. So when when you now, I mean, unnecessarily so, cut people's restrictions, some people are going to be affected more than others. Those who are in the inner city are greatly affected because when you when you can't get to the thing that you know grounds you, not to say something else can't do it, but the thing right. that you know will ground you and make you feel supported and, 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 and that sense of belonging and able and powerful, when you know you can't do that, and you don't have any access to anything else. It rough mm-hmm. plus you're not gonna necessarily have access to earning money the next day either. 
No. It's a rough kind of situation. And someone has brought up brought up the, the thing of people who are who might be in abusive relationships who uh-huh. would get a break if they went to work or if right. the or if the partner went to work or whatever, but right. now they're stuck. It's it's stuck to each other. it's it's we, we, we have I mean some people are thinking about ways in which, you know, codes can be created for people to be able to reach out um okay. unbeknownst to an abuser. I've seen some, you know, stuff about that on social media, which is good. Um mm-hmm. but it's just one thing for sure, it shows you that, you know, the inequities in in the ways that people have to live or maybe right. have been forced to live are even more glaring at this point in time. You know, and it's, it's sometimes it's hard to pivot out of something like that. You know, I can easily abstract it and say, well, you know, you can improvise around it. Sometimes there's like, there's no way to improvise around it. It's just yeah, it, it, the, the improvisation is the it, you know, the only way right. through it is through. Um, which is hard, yeah. which is hard to think about. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've also even thought because you know, uh, you know, the churches have kind of been shut down as well. Everybody's gone online with church, yeah. but but some people that that's their only react that's their their only interaction with people on a Sundays when they go to church. Yep. You know, so in a sense, it's been taken away from them as well. Some mm-hmm. older people and even some younger people who are just um, uh, let's say socially challenged or whatever. But that's that's the time when they get to see people mm-hmm. and interact with people and, 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 you know, get a hug, feel love, but you can't even hug nobody anymore. Uh, and I mean, you know, th- th- there are two things that came to me with that. One in terms of church. So my wonderful elders here who I live with, you know, have had to become relatively tech savvy within the last three weeks. Because, a lot of people yeah, have. Yeah, because, because the, that same kind of connection that they need, whether it is one who needs to hear the Eucharist um, on mm-hmm. the other's day and the other one who needs to see and hear his church members at prayer meeting we've had to figure out very quickly and they've had to like level up very very quickly in terms of using the technology to be able to get that kind of grounding and i feel the difference in them when they're not able to to connect as opposed to when after they have been able to go to go to go to virtual church right Uh, right. so particularly for older members you know what what is it members of society what is it doing for them you know, but I yeah. mean, it's, it's some people, some people may think that talking about, you know, the skill of improvisation is an abstract thing or it's a luxury, you know, right now we need, we, we need to deal with brass tacks. We need to come down, we need to get, but the thing about improv is that it, it privileges your imagination. And to be honest with you, if you lose your imagination, you are lost. Your imagination is needed to come out of some kind of situation like this on the upside. Um, and, and on a more spiritual level, I mean, your imagination is what creates your reality. Exactly. I mean, yeah. exactly. So it is. So it is imagination that creates what you are going to experience. And um, yeah, I mean, I could go so many places with this because even in terms of this idea of STEM, we always talk about no, it needs to be STEAM. The arts have to be at the middle of it because everything needs to have that imagination within it, animating right. it, um, creating the reality within which all of these other things can operate. So in as much as improvisation, as I'm speaking about, it might seem irreferent to some people. It really is. It gives you a breath of opportunity to say, oh, you know, maybe I can have a new thought about this circumstance. Maybe I can have a, maybe, just maybe, possibly I can skirt around the panic of the circumstance somehow. Mm. Maybe I can try to walk backwards into my house instead of walk forwards into my house. Maybe just that shift, that one different thing that I do might shift the way that I am able to 
perceive this circumstance in this moment, you know? Um, mm. Improvisation is life skills, man. It's life skills without a doubt. Definitely. Well, I'd love to know how a mathematician improvises. I'm sure it exists. And I have a cousin who's doing, who's doing his PhD in, in math. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should ask him. <laughs> I should ask him. But, but, but I can imagine because, I mean, you have to try a number of solutions. That's improv, you know. Every solution yeah, so. that you try that doesn't work, that's improv. Every time you try a formula. That, I mean, I used to love algebra. I mean, well, mm-hmm. I didn't do very well in 11 math, but I did love it, though. Because okay. you try so many things, so many possibilities, so many, you know, to get to arrive at the solution. When you get the solution, you feel well good, but the process was also really good. What it does to your brain is also good. That's improvisation. Because right. you know, right. the mathematician is, he may be working with formulae that he or she or she knows from before, right? Which mm-hmm. is the score, but you don't know which one is going to work for the situation. Mm-hmm. So you have to try mm-hmm. them out and see and then figure out which one will work and then you find that harmony, you know, and you get that solution. But, but there again is a, is a life skills because, I mean, it's, it's again, it's not the, the end, but it's the, the process. So the failure is just part of the process and it's part of, of, your, of your, you know, your journey to the thing that will succeed eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in Jamaica we have the saying, you have to turn your anamic fashion and mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what improvisation is too, you know. Oh, definitely. It's yes, a lot of invention. You don't have certain things, but you need to get something done. You improvise, you make it work. Sometimes in those situations, though, when you keep improvising to make something work, then you never actually get the actual solution, the correct thing that needs to be done. So you cannot just bitch up a thing until, and then everything right. comes down. But, but sometimes it, it feels that we get, like in, in our context, in the Jamaican context, sometimes we get stuck on the marvel of this Tony Hand McFashion thing. Exactly. And we don't move past That's this. Because, I mean, yes, it's, it's great to have a, as a skill, mm-hmm. but but that, that but that is not the be-all and end-all of it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you can, okay, to take, for example, okay, if you're in the field as a surgeon, somebody gets shot and you don't have a scalpel, you, right. you're going to use a sharp object. But if you right. have means to get a scalpel, in a, in a yeah, yeah, if you're in an operating theater, I don't want to, 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 to use a bone. Yes, you're going to ask for what you need because it, it exists. What has happened is, and particularly in the arts, we are so good at improvising as in terms of production. Um, we're so good at making something out of nothing. We are so good at turning our hand and making the most amazing fashion that people will say to you, oh, you never really need the what you said you needed anyway because you made it work and it was really right. nice yay and yeah. then and then what when you're really asking for what you actually need you're not listening to and in fact some of us ourselves do it to ourselves you know mm-hmm. so we are we do it to each other you know we give people minimum resources and expect the maximum result mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all the time. you can do it don't mean that you have to do it if you actually have i mean hell if, if you have theater lights unless you're trying to you know do something conceptual where you're going to use flashlight for exactly yeah Reels? yes my it sounds like, sounds like wait, wait, this was this was really cool i enjoyed wow. it i enjoyed it so much thank you so much my darling yes my dear uh, yes this was fun well mm-hmm. continue continue on your score with the uh the quarantine it's and um yeah yeah, and I, daily, I'm going to be I'm going to be mixing mine up every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is what it is. Oh,